You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Ephesians chapter 5 in your Bibles, please. Ephesians chapter 5. I thought about maybe just using this afternoon session to tell you the truth about your pastor, but I think we'll, we'll forbear, right? But uh, a lot of young people have been asking me. They want to know. How much is that, 20? It's going to take more than that, son. Trust me. And um, I'll just say it this way. He has a brother that's a really, really good man. (laughs) He really is. He's his oldest brother. And normally the younger would follow the older brother. Doesn't didn't do that. I don't know. There are two opposites, man. But um, am I telling the truth about it, Jack? They're two opposites, right? Mark, am I telling the truth about it? Yeah. And so y'all got the worst of the, the Che family, but anyway, <laughs> it's not true. It, the thing about it, when somebody makes a turn, they make a turn. And he made a turn. He had an attitude problem, as, as I remember a little bit of attitude problem. He thought he was too big for his britches. He thought he knew, knew a lot of stuff. He didn't know. He didn't know come here from Sikkim. But Ephesians 5 in your Bible. We're going to get to that point. We might even get to that point where, where, <laughs> might even get to that point where it talks about them children obeying their parents. But anyway, I, we probably won't go there because he'd be embarrassed. But anyway, but at some point in time, it clicked with him. And that's what we pray for every one of them. And then he did the right thing. And him and these guys came to Providence Baptist College and did a good job. And, and uh, Lord blessed them in a good way. You young people ought to pray about Providence Baptist College, great college, good people. And uh, you'll learn the Word of God. You'll have a handle on that book and a handle on how to do the work of God. A lot of places you go, uh, they just, it's not, you don't get that. You don't get the soul winning, the separation, the Bible, the church uh, polity, the church being a Baptist, big time Baptist. Stay away from the trends and all that stuff. At Providence, you do that. So uh, you need to consider that. Ephesians chapter 5 in your Bible. Thank you so very much. What a wonderful day. The only thing would have made it better if we'd have had dinner on the ground, right, out there. That's what I feel. Right? Am I right about it? You know, some people, they want tent revival. And I said, why? Well, I had a big old tent out there in 90-degree weather when you got a nice air-conditioned auditorium in here, right? So maybe you like over there, but I wish we'd have had dinner on the grounds. That would have been better. But anyway, it's kind of like Louisiana. I'm, and Texas not bad, but Louisiana, it rains every day, multiple times a day. When I played football there, I had gills. It helps, right? It's so humid in Louisiana, you clap your hands over your head and it rains. I mean, it's crazy. So you know you're a Cajun if you know how many bales of hay your car will hold. This is a good one. You know you're a Cajun if a rag is your gas cap. Mm-hmm. If, your house, if your house doesn't have curtain, but your truck does. You've got to be a Cajun if you... Wonder how the service stations keep their restrooms so clean. <laughs> you consider your license plate personalized because your father made it. <laughs> Illinois is the only state where both of our governors make our license plates. Think about that. You got to do something in state penitentiary. 
man, this would be good if we put this dude now in there. That's where he needs to be. Trust me, he does. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> you might be occasionally if your lifetime goal is to own a firework stand. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. You know, occasionally if you have a complete set of salad bowls and they all say Cool Whip on the side. <laughs> Your working TV sits on top of your non-working TV. <laughs> you might be a Cajun. <laughs> you use the ironing board for a buffet table. <laughs> a tornado hit your neighborhood and did and does $100,000 worth of improvements. <laughs> you miss your fifth grade graduation because of jury duty. <laughs> You think fast food is hitting a deer at 65 miles an hour. And the very best one, the very best one is you might be a Cajun if you use a toilet brush for a back scratcher. <laughs> you might be a Cajun. Oh, man. Ephesians chapter 5, please, in your Bibles. Pick it up in verse uh, 21, if you would, please. Chapter 5, verse 21. So much preaching there, and I don't have time. Uh, I was told 2.30, right, my brother? Right here, 2.30? Am I right? 2.30. No, you're the deacon. I mean, I, deacons run the show. I mean, I... <laughs> all right. You got more than $20? You got $20. You got more than $20? We'll make it happen. Verse 21, if you wouldn't. Well, there's so much preaching in Ephesians chapter 5. My goodness, it'd take forever and ever. But I want you to look at it, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. There is no more important preaching, I think, than the family and the home. Outside of salvation, get keep people out of hell. There's nothing that can enhance you and help you than that. We live in a nation right now that's absolutely coming apart in the marriages. And our churches are weak because our marriages are weak. The church will only be as strong as a, as a home. And the home will only be as strong as the church. If the church, our churches need strong homes. Are y'all listening to me? I didn't write the book. I'm just preaching it. And you need to understand when God says something, you better take it to the bank. If you don't, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to serve you the opposite. So you must understand that. So when God says something, you obey it and do it and it works out well, whether you like it or not. And so that's what happened to me when I first got saved. You understand, I was a wild man, and then I started hearing all this preaching. It was so new to me. I never heard any of this stuff. I mean, how are you supposed to come to church? Come to church how many times? Sunday night too? Sunday school too? Wednesday night too? What? I, I, I went when I wanted to. I was an altar boy. Went when I wanted to. Then tithing. What is that? And I heard about that. Then I got to think about what my tithe was. My tithe at the time I was working about $25. My tithe, I said, I tried to figure it up, 10%. I said, that's $25. The guy actually wants me to give $25. That was way back yonder. That's about, I was making about $250 a week at the time, construction. And I got to thinking, man, I used to do that in one night, bellied up to a bar. Say amen right there. I could spend that in one night on myself. And I got to thinking, 
the Lord just saved me from hell, and he asked me to tithe. In that book, he said, I ought to tithe. I'll never question that again. I started tithing back then. Now, I'm not saying it's a brag. Uh, our giving, you can call them church anytime you want, call them fin financial secretary. We give, I give back, I could do, I, I don't know, Kim goes, are you tithing? Are you, tithing? <laughs> you better be. I, I give $1,000 a week back to the, the Lord's work every week of my life. But I, I started with two fifth, uh, $25, $25, and the Lord led me in missions and building fund, give extremes amount of money. And the Lord allowed me to do that because I started somewhere and God blesses in that way. Are y'all with me now? Everything I was hearing was strange to me. Uh, and the marriage in the home and how it should be was strange. But I want you to look at it right there. That's strange to me. Look at that verse again. Submitting yourselves one to another. Fella, that means you need to submit to her and lady, you need to submit to him. But my question would be, how, how does that work? I mean, if, if the book talks about, I want you to look at it now. Husbands, love your wives. And it talks about wives, submit yourselves. How in the world do we submit to one another? You must understand something, sir, that you must submit to what God has called you to do. And he's called you to be the husband of that wife and the father of those children. We're not having that in our country anymore. We have fatherless homes and we wonder why this thing is absolutely destroying in front of our face. We've got people with adult bodies with children mentality walking down the aisle saying I do to one another but not understanding the responsibility of the family in the home. Not understanding that a man's got to man up and be the spiritual leader of the home and love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You don't love her and going to give you life for her if you won't even live for her. So it's, it's obvious that there's, there's some responsibility. That's what we're talking about submitting yourself one to another. Submitting to her that you'll be everything that God told you to be, sir. And lady, I want you to look at that. It talks about wives submit. Look at verse, look at verse 22. Wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. It's pretty obvious that you should be submitted to the Lord. And if you're not, it's obvious you won't be submitted to your husband. And if you're not submitted to your husband, it's obvious you're not submitted to the Lord because you're not even obeying this book. I want to say this. I want you to listen to me carefully. Facts are very stubborn things. Facts are very stubborn. And let me tell you what that book is. It's a book of facts. It's truth. And you're not going to change that. So we need to understand this. And I want to speak a little while on whatever happened to the haven of rest. Your home should be a tremendous place, a place where you can go where there's solace and where there's peace and quiet. And sometimes that's just not so. Somebody said a man's house is his fortress. In a warring world where a woman buckles, uh, where a woman's hands buckle on his armor in the morning and soothes his fatigue uh, wounds at night. And so this is so true that uh, a home that's a haven of rest when that husband comes in from work, from the world. And that's sometimes, uh, brethren, this is sometimes what pastors fail to see because we've been out of the world for so long and in the, in the ministry, we don't have to put up with some of you guys put up with all the time. Hearing filth and trash and bad jokes and all this other stuff. I mean, we don't, we don't have to put up that. We used to, but we don't. And then sometimes we forget, preacher. Don't you ever forget where these people have come from, some of them. They come from pretty rough, man, and they come staggering in on Wednesday night going, dear God, I need a, I need a shot in the arm, man, just to make it till Sunday. And so we need to understand that. And, but, but God help us if, if, if the man's out there trying to make a living doing that and then coming home to, to, to a home that's a war zone, not a haven of rest. I was preaching umpteen years ago in a place, and a pastor's wife came to me. And... Um, 
Her name was Tracy. No, <laughs> Pastor's wife came to me and said, and said this. She, she just kind of had an attitude. And she said, preacher, and she, and she pointed at her husband. She says, she said, I got to pick up his clothes all the time off the floor. I mean, this guy didn't even know how to hang up his clothes. I got to thinking to myself as she was talking to me, I said, well, at least I picked mine up. I hang it on the, on the bedpost, right? Fellas, that's why God made bedposts to hang your clothes up, right? Am I right? Say amen. Some of you guys, some of you guys are so henpecked, you want to roost at the foot of the bed. You wouldn't even say amen right there. I remember one time I was hanging my clothes up, and my first wife, I hung and she'd always pick them up and hang them up for me, but I kept doing it, and like, I ended up looking, and I said, that's like three or four suits hanging right there. And I said, uh, I'm sorry. I said, I, you're not hanging those up. She said, I'm not either. I said, why? She said, I want to see how many it's going to take before the bed just flips plumb over. <laughs> so I started picking them up, you know, but anyway. But this lady said, she said, she said, um, preacher, should I, you know, should I pick up all his, his clothes off the floor? Now, she did it in such attitude. I'm not saying a man ought to be a slob, but a man is made from dirt. You all like, you like that, don't you, lady? <laughs> they are. God formed us. God took something as worthless as dirt and breathed the breath of life and it made it as priceless as a soul. Men are dirty. That's what we are. It bothers me when we get some that are a little bit too clean, too proper. It bothers me to get that. It may not bother you, but it bothers me. It bothers me. And this is what I said. Well, think about it for a minute. And a woman, woman's not made from dirt. A woman was made from a man, a rib. Um, she's clean. There's something, something different, male, female. God actually made them that way. What about that? Now, that being said, um, I, I looked at the lady and I said, ma'am, all due respect, I said, there are a thousand women that would love to pick up your, your preacher husband's clothes off the floor and hang them up for him. You know, the ones who are married to drunks and drug addicts and wife beaters, those women would gladly pick up your preacher man's clothes. She just dropped her head and started weeping. She said, boy, brother, go make you right. I never thought of that. But you need to think about that for a minute. Her husband came to me years later and said, Preacher, that statement to my wife absolutely transformed my wife, and we are absolutely living in a haven of rest now. It was constant all the time. Spurgeon said, when a home is ruled by the Word of God, angels might be able to ask to stay with us, and they would not find themselves out of their element. Let me ask you a question. If the Lord Jesus Christ was to come tonight to your home, how would he find it? If he were to show up at any time, even the worst times, how would he find it? There's times where I wouldn't want him to show up at my place. Say amen right there. I, you can take your halos off, man. I, I've been preaching to Baptist for a long time, man. I know who I'm preaching to. There's times you wouldn't want him around. But as a rule, it should be, generally speaking, it should be a place where are just absolutely excited, that a man is excited to get home to his precious wife and family because it actually is a haven of rest. Our home should be that way, not a battleground. 
Now, in order to have that, you need to do several things and understand several things. Number one, the devil will do anything in the world to destroy your home. Are y'all listening to me today? He'll do everything and anything he can to destroy your home. So if that be true, what you have to do is eliminate the things in your home that might be hurting your home. But he wants to destroy everything and want to destroy that home totally and absolutely. So you must understand when you're having problems, who's behind it? Isn't it amazing how we begin to blame one another? Well, it's her. If she would just, it's him. If he would just. Isn't it amazing we begin to point fingers a lot of times when we don't even understand who's behind it all? Who's causing this? What, why are we having problems? I walked down this aisle with this woman saying I love her for life and for better, for worse. Say amen right there. Not kicking tires. Today we got them coming down the aisle, mature bodies with pea brains, and they don't understand the responsibility of marriage, thinking that everything's going to be smooth sailing. It's not smooth sailing all the time. You're actually married to somebody that's opposite than you. How in the world can she think like me? She's not to think like me. I didn't marry a man. I'm not a homo. Check it out. Think about it. I don't want her to be like me. I want her to be totally. I want her to be a woman. That's why you shouldn't get them in your hobbies, boys. It's going to cost you God. It's going to cost you bit. And then she's going to start telling you what to do. You teach her everything about hunting, and then she goes, well, we shouldn't we spray down some more? What? You're talking too much. What? I want to throw out of the stand. Anyway, so this, we actually have some good ones in the stand sometime when she's next to me. She thinks she knows more than me. She'll be married me 11 years. I've been doing this. And Shep was a pup. Now he's a full-grown dog. Think about that for a minute. And so all of a sudden, there's differences why would you not think there's differences? She's a female. She thinks different than me. Man thinks factually. Women thinks emotionally. That's why you can weep when John Wayne gets killed. I mean, how foolish. He's coming back next week on another movie. He didn't die. He didn't really die. But, but the devil's going to do and, and all of a sudden, we begin to blame each other. And the devil is trying to do everything in the world to destroy our homes. And he cannot destroy. He cannot destroy it. He will bring permanent state of confusion in it. So when he tries everything he can, and then all of a sudden it's not working, he'll bring a state of confusion, and confusion and chaos will bring doubt and mistrust in the home. You must be aware of demonic influences in your home. Please listen to me now. I know I'm going to get some, some things that some of you folks are not going to like, but that's all right. There was a day in our country where Christian didn't own TV. Brother Roloff, right across home here, if you, according to Brother Roloff, if you owned a TV, you'd almost go into hell, almost. I mean, he was tough on it, boy. But the truth of the matter is, most of us in this room own TV. And we're allowing, and the thing about it is not the badness of the TV any more than it's badness of the cell phone, except you're allowing demonic influences coming in if you're watching the wrong thing and seeing the wrong thing. Y'all listen to me very carefully. I'm a bit ugly. Providence Baptist College, we have a more problem with that right there than, than anything in the world. The designers and makers of Facebook not only got away from Facebook but knew the demonic influence of that but would not let their children even come close to Facebook and will have nothing to do with it themselves because they said it found, we thought it was going to be a good thing but when it was complete, we understood that it was going to absolutely control, listen, control and indoctrinate the world and we pulled away. Now those are, those are people who developed that stuff. Y'all listen, I didn't want to get on this, but I'm going to anyway. I get more work done from this thing right here 
in a few moments than I ever could before in my life. It's amazing what I can get done with this. The phone calls I got to make, the text, the, the, the work I can do. It's crazy how much I can get done with that that I never could before. Are y'all with me now? Just like the television broadcasting the gospel of Jesus Christ. How wonderful. But it also can be used for the devil. And knowing that he's a prince and power of the air, he'll do that. I'm simply saying that you've got to be careful of demonic influences. There's nothing wrong with that if you can't control it. It bothers me that some men ain't even enough man enough and character enough to control some of this stuff. And to give it to a child that doesn't have any character is absolutely foolish. You're letting demonic influences into your home. And if you do, if you do you're going to pay the price one day. Why would a husband and wife fight like enemies? I came, it was, it was years ago, I came uh, out of my office after Sunday night preaching. Uh, it was in, uh, son, you weren't even born then. In fact, I hadn't even reached your parents yet. Uh, your folks had just come in the school in, in Longquist Boulevard. Yeah, I think they were there at Longquist. And um, I finished preaching on Sunday night, and I'm headed toward my, and I don't mean to be ugly when I say this. I just, I'm just unusual to see this. I come toward my office right there. Jack, you were there, I think, in Longquist, when Richie and Longquist, the, 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 the uh, school. Yeah. And I was coming, coming back to my office, and when I got up, get up came up the stairs, we're in an elementary school. We had nine, nine elementary schools that were shut down in our district because of abortion. They'd killed so many babies that there were enough to have school. So they had all these empty buildings. Now, y'all don't understand the residual effect and domino effect of some of this wicked, foul sin that are going on in the nation, but we had nine. And we happened to be meeting in one of those schools where the church kind of started off. And uh, so I was I finished preaching, and I was headed up to my office. We, we had a blowout the first Sunday there. We had 104, and the second Sunday we had 31 that stayed with me, most of the teenagers, and that's where we started. Well, the church had grown a little bit at the time, and then I'm headed back to my office on a Sunday night. I get to my office. There's a man standing, a grown man standing there in blood, just running off his face, his hand, and down his elbows. And I said, sir, oh, my goodness, did you have a car wreck out front? Do, do you need an ambulance? He's, he just started he was crying. No, no. I said, man, did you have a wreck? No. I said, man, what happened to you? My wife beat me. Now, I'm sorry, you may think I'm unkind, but I just started laughing. <laughs> I've never met a stinking woman I'm scared of. Until I met a few Iowa girls, man, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> Woo! Am I right about it, baby? Man. <laughs> but this gal, she, I said, man, what happened to you? She said, and I didn't know the guy. He wasn't a member. He just showed up in our church, I mean, you know, after service. And he said she passed by an entertainment stand and pulled one of the things out between one of the supports and beat the tar out of him. I mean, blood running all over. I go, what? I couldn't help it. I said, I've never seen a woman whoop a man like this. I've got to meet this woman. I've got to see who this woman is. I said, sir, give me a name and address. We'll be there tomorrow. I said, I'll talk to your wife. Y'all having some problems, I think. We went there, so help me goodness. Wife, I asked Ken. You know, Ken Anderson remembers all names, right? My sister, he's retired now. Her name was, uh, I'm sorry, Indian. She was full-blooded Indian. Cherokee. I, thought, I want to say Lightfoot, but it was more like Demonfoot or something. I don't know. She, no, 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 no joke, man. She had, she, one of her ears were right here and one was right here. It was the craziest thing i ever seen. I think what happened when she was a child, somebody broke her jaw and just didn't get set right. It was just weird. Mean. 
as a stinking young dog, dog, man. I mean, this woman. When I walked in, I went, whoa. And she's a little bitty thing, skinny, little bitty thing. But, man, you could see in her eyes, like, death. Scalp you. I mean, I just, I didn't know what to think, you know. I mean, she's going she's gonna to get me, man. And when I got to talking to him, man, when she laid him out, I went, how would you like a video camera in this home? She not only beat him with a, with a, with a rod, but they got to fight like all the time. This girl was on the warpath constantly. Probably ought to think about that before you marry one, right? Lack of communication. I got thinking, and we got to talk to him. The second thing problem they had was not only that they didn't understand who was trying to destroy their home, but there was no communication. That's my second point. I want you to listen to me, please. Lack of communication will cause frustration. This brings tension, resentment, and out-of-control temper. No communication is only a dead-end road. Nothing is accomplished, and it's childish. Ladies, look up here. Now, I'm going to help you if you let me hurt you a little bit. The silent treatment <laughs> never gets, gets you anywhere. I'll show him. <laughs> Communi- lack of communication will hurt your marriage. Well, you ought to see the looks I'm getting right in by the wound. <laughs> They're not communicating with me at all. <laughs> lack of me. You can go ahead and get silent if you want, but it's not helping your marriage. Communication will help your marriage. It really will. You've got to talk it out. If something ain't right, talk it out. That's what you got to do. But you getting silent. Bless God, I'm telling you. And then, then the guy, come on, guys, come on. And we, we, we try to break through, right? right. You want to talk? No. Um, you know, and when, when she gets mad, she gets historical. No, I didn't say hysterical. Historical. She goes all the way back, man. You remember? And she's crying the whole time. You remember? Woman, that was 25 years ago. <laughs> I backed over the stinking cat. I didn't mean that Fluffy was in the stinking way. Keep your cat out of the driveway. You know, so you're fighting again about a, something that happened 25 years ago. Dear God, help us. But they do, and that's what happens. But then all of a sudden, the silent treatment, and it will go nowhere. Folks really have to go nowhere. Laura's not even talking to Mark right now because of whatever reason. I, I'll, I'll help him later. But lack of communication. That's one thing about your dad, boy. He's a talker. His, you need to pray for his dad. He's, he's like off the charts. He just, he just retired, and the poor man is bored with life. So he, he, how, many kayak, how many kayaks do you have? Nine. He has nine kayaks. Now, he keeps by upgrading kayaks. And, and, and after church, he, he's got them on his car out in the parking lot. Where are you going, Al? I'm going to practice. Practice what? I'm going to a pool. Somebody got a pool, and I'm flipping over to find out how to flip back over. I said, Al, one of these days you ain't going to flip over, and I'm going to lose you. And I love you. I've been having you all these years. Man, you'll be drowned. I'm going to bury you upside down in a stinking kayak. <laughs> so, and then he's, then he's in the coffee. Since he retired, he's getting this exotic coffee from all over the world. I call him a dope pusher. I said, you're the biggest dope pusher in our church. He, I mean, he's getting all this exotic coffee. And he, and he preach, you got you to, he's from Poland. He said, God sent me to America to get saved, preacher. Isn't that good? Professional volleyball guy came over here on a, on a scholarship. Am I right? He can, beat any, he can beat any volleyball team by himself. Am I right? And he has numbers of times. Unbelievable guy. And still, how old is he now? 64. 64. He paddles. He runs. This is before church. He even rides his bike all the way to church sometime. 64. 
I hate his guts. Anyway, <laughs> and now he's in the tea, right? He's in the tea. He's got all this exotic tea from somewhere in the world. And he gave us two big bags of tea, me and Kim's son. I said, ow, they look like hooch, man. They're going to arrest us. He said, well, okay, preach, make a little tea, if not smoke a little. No problem. You know. <laughs> Crazy, man. But the reason, listen carefully, please. The reason, the reason we've got good families, at least some good families, that turn out good kids, is because of communication. Husband and wife, mom and dad, communicates when there's a problem, they talk it out. Getting quiet is childish. Let me tell you what happens to children. I call them thumb, thumb-sucking Baptists. That's what happens sometimes when Baptists get offended. They're going to go somewhere and suck their thumb, get mad at everybody and get getting mad at the world instead of talking it out. Most of the time, what will happen, some of your congregation get mad at you and don't even know, understand the fact, not understand the facts. Don't know why you made the decision you made. Don't know nothing. But they're going to judge you for judging a situation that you do know. But see, that's that lack of communication. And the way you approach somebody is a good thing if you approach them with a humble spirit and one of appeal instead of one like you think you know all the facts. It's amazing when, when you know all the facts, sometimes you'll back off and go, I'm sorry, preacher, I misjudged that. No joke. Yeah. Some of that leadership, that's why you've got to be careful at times of doing some of this stuff. Communication is the key. Don't forget that Satan's trying to destroy your home, and he'll do it with a lack of communication. Number next, quickly, an unforgiving spirit will cause a home to be a den of iniquity. An unforgiving spirit. Listen carefully, please. Who are you to stand and tell me how wonderful you are and how sinless you were and how God got a good thing when he saved you? Anybody like to stand and tell me that? You think about it. The worst thing you've ever done that you wouldn't want anybody on planet Earth to know, God knows it and forgave you. Before I was saved, we'd walk, walk in a place and rearrange the furniture and everything and everybody in it. God saw all that. And when I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, I got saved. And God turned me around. And he made me understand something. If he had forgiven me for all of that, how much more should I forgive others? An unforgiving spirit is out of hell. And the devil is behind every bitterness, all the bitterness and all the hatred. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that everywhere. And today, if you watch the news, you'll see it. You'll see it acted out by embittered people who hate. This cynical, critical spirit will be manifested in fighting, yelling, and sometimes even physical beating. Please understand something <clears throat> this morning because I, or this afternoon because I, I want you to understand this. And uh, Kim, stand up if you would, please. Baby. Think, think about a guy like me that I'd actually put my hands on her and, and hit her, punch her, slap her around. Think about that for a minute. Thank you, baby. Liberty woman like that. See, my daddy taught me better than that. And we were lost Catholics. He taught me better than that. Don't put your hand on a woman. I had four sisters, I was the only boy. 
I should be a sissy, but I'm really not. <laughs> Think about four sisters. God, help me. Four sisters. We lived out in the country. We had one bathroom. That's, that's when all you, remember some of you old ladies had to, the, the stockings you had to hang in the bathroom. It looked like a bunch of anacondas when I'd go in there. Oh. Think about it. I'm not being ugly. I'm not trying to be crude. But we had four sisters. If, if we didn't live out in the country and it wasn't for trees, I'd never go to the bathroom. They were in there all the time. Not only that, but they had one brush, brother, one brush. One brush, four girls. Are you kidding? Mom, Dad, buy another brush, please. Every morning is a fight. Just ball out. Just a fight. Just my dad said, don't you ever touch your sisters. You protect them, but you don't touch them. He said, a man doesn't hit a woman. You don't hit a woman. Now, we're lost, and my daddy's teaching me this stuff. Now, think about that. So when I hear of a man physically abusing a woman, it comes because of this embittered, hateful, critical spirit of unforgiveness. And when that happens, brother, it bothers me. But, Jay, I... Uh, I had my staff go with me. We had a member I heard uh, that um, was beating his wife. I heard of that. Uh, that's the only time in 38 years I ever heard of that. So I had my staff go, and I said, now, when we enter the home, I want you to get between me and him. They had about six or eight of my staff. I said, I want you to get between me and him because I don't know what will happen. You say, oh, you just act, ain't acting macho, folks. Not, not macho at all. I just don't understand a man putting his hands on his wife, defenseless wife. Now, now this, 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 this is an unforgiving spirit, and it ends up being a home of a den of iniquity. Uh, I was in a situation where I had to buy a, a 12-gauge shotgun, a double-barrel shotgun from a man. I bought it just to get it out of his hands because he had it to his wife's head to pull the triggers. I had some new members that we had that wanted to join the church. I, they didn't, I think they finally joined, but I had to go buy the shotgun just so that it would never happen again. I got, how in the world does a, a marriage get to the point so bad where the man holds a shotgun to his, woman, to his wife's head? How bad is that? I, I'm telling you now, folks, it doesn't make sense when people who are supposed to love one another and supposed to enjoy one another is in a situation that they just can't make it happen. Why can't you communicate and why can't you understand that the greatest thing that you can have is a haven of rest? When you enter into your home, that is a man's castle. That is a woman where she's queen of the home and she can love what she's got. You ought to make a nest. Hey, fellas, stay out of her home. That's her nest. Let her make her nest. Say amen, ladies. Shake your head. Do something. That's your nest. Go ahead and let her make her nest. You get outside. Do something. Trash the flower bed and she'll take that over too. Then you can go fishing. But anyway... <laughs> My, listen, Kim's never done this to me because she already knows my story. My first wife said, well, you going to help me wash dishes? Sure, wife. <laughs> oh, whoa, man, I'm sorry, wife. Good night. Look at that, slipped out of my hand. After about the third one, she goes, oh, that's okay. You can go back. I'll, I'll, I'll finish the dishes. Never washed them again. So there's a way of doing it, boys. Just <laughs> let, her, let her build her nest, and you take care of outside. All I ask is Kim don't rearrange the furniture where I trip over and break my stinking neck one night when I come in. Just make sure she tells me where things are at. But that's her home, and she's trying to build that nest. I resent that sometimes, especially when you buy stuff. You don't want to throw stuff away, but you make sure that that's there. 
and understand this clear. And I got I got to quit because my brother's gonna give me a hundred dollars. And um, is that it's a marvelous thing for a man to know. Y'all listen to me carefully. I've dealt with this hundreds and hundreds of people, counsel thousands and multiple thousands of people. When a man will not rush home from his work or even volunteers for overtime, not because he needs money, just because he don't want to go home. When a man won't go home but stop in at a bar room instead of going home, there's something wrong with that home. Y'all remember back, boys, when you first got married? You couldn't get home quick enough. Couldn't get home quick enough. Things were fine. Just got married. You're excited. You can keep that excitement if you want to, but you got to you got to do what I talked to about. Understand, there's somebody behind this thing that's trying to destroy your home. It ain't your wife. It ain't your husband. It dead sure ain't the preacher. It's the devil. Understand who's behind all this chaos. Understand who's really pushing the envelope. Understand why you feel the way you feel and kill him if you're going to kill anybody. Fight him if you can fight anybody. Don't fight your husband or wife. Understand, man, what is this? Then understand sometimes we're so different that at times we're going to have some communication problems and she's not going to think like you, sir. Why would you want her to think like you? Marry a man. You're not married a man. You're married a woman. She doesn't think like you. Dear Lord, help us. If you're not careful, your woman, your wife will feminize your boys. Boy, I'm getting on some stuff right now. I probably need, need not to, but I'm going to do it anyway. They'll feminize your boys. You know why everybody's being diseased now and got out of control? Because we're not eating dirt. <laughs> Y'all like that, don't you, boys? You're made of dirt. That's why when you put a baby in the, in the soil, he'll eat dirt. He'll eat dirt out automatically. You don't understand why. He will because that's what we're made of. I was talking to him today. I think y'all were. I said, there's something about a man staring at a fire. Why, do we, why, why, why can you sit around and stare at a fire for hours? I've done it a thousand times, nine, nine times on the tundra of Alaska. I've done it in Africa multiple times. I've done it on our own place. We have a fire pit. We can just sit there and just stare at that fire. For hours. You know why? Because in us, God's saying, that's where you belong right there. That's what you deserve right there. Now, you don't understand that. Subconsciously, you don't understand that, but that's what it's about. That's what you deserve. Let me ask you another question. Why can you go over here on the, on the coast right here and sit there and just look at that water and those waves splash in and just stare at it? I can sit there all day and just hear that. Because we're made of water. We're made of water. And God made you in his image and likeness. Why would you think that we can act like animals and treat one another like animals? And why would you think that we can allow demonic influences in and then besides that begin to fight with one another and not make sense out of the thing? Folks, we've got to get this thing down because our church will never ever be, this church will never be as strong as the families. It's got to be, the family's got to be, the family unit's got to be strong. And you've got to work on that. It's an everyday thing. It's not something you just do sporadically. It's something you do every day. And understand who you're married with. And ladies, please understand the guy that you're married with. He's an M-A-N. Let him be a man. Don't try to feminize him either. Stop dressing him. Let him dress himself. I'm talking about buying his clothes. I'm not talking about matching. I mean, brother, you need help. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just cutting up with you. I'm just cut. 
My wife gets my ties. That's all she gets. And, and she got the wrong one this time because we, we brought it home or something. I got some of us to keep over here at the lake, but anyway. Boy, it's a good thing. Boys, I don't know if you know this or not. I understand that maybe they got cooties now, but they ain't going to have cooties very long. And you better marry the right one. You marry the wrong one, you'll be in trouble the rest of your life. And when you marry one, do it for life. Are you all listening to me now? In a society where one out of every two marriages ended up in divorce, when I first started pastoring 38 years ago, they're saying now that one out of every two Christian marriages ended up in divorce. How in the world was that? That is crazy. That shouldn't even be spoken of. Now, brother, the reason is some of this stuff is not being done. So understand, I've got I to gotta shut it down. Understand that what will happen is that we'll be f- struck with fear within our own home, and that should just never, ever be. So I want you to look at it one more time, and let's just look at that scripture I just read, and I want you to see it. Look in verse 20. Pick it up in verse 20. Giving thanks always, all things, unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourself one to another in fear of the Lord. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Husband is the head of the wife, and as Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in everything. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It's hard for your wife to believe that you love her if when you, and will give yourself for it when you won't even take out the trash. Now, ladies, I didn't write the book. Fellas, I didn't write the book. I'm just reading it right there just the way it is. God didn't stutter when he said those things. And you can go ahead and thump your King James Bible all you want, but if you don't believe it, you just, you're, it's just something that you have and you really don't believe it. I happen to believe it and believe that what it says is what you need to do. And if you do what it says, you'll be okay. Uh, I talked to my pilot, my United pilot over here. God bless you, brother. So why don't you just go ahead and make up the rules as you, you get me in there. You better follow the book. <laughs> Amen. Yep. You see how that is? You want him to follow the book. But when it comes to you, you don't have to follow the book. If you're going to get this thing sailing, and if you're going to mount up with wings as eagles, and you're going to have a successful home and family, you're going to have to go by the book. And I don't want to get on one stinking airline ever with any pilot that's going to freelance. I want that guy to know what he's doing. And I don't want you to ever come out of the cockpit saying, I just humbly, I, I shouldn't, I don't deserve to fly this plane. I just... Bless God, let me off this thing. I want that guy to go out. We're going to have, come on, talk to me. We're going to have a successful flight. God bless you. You lean back, enjoy yourself. We're going to have a wonderful time. Uh, looks like we're going to have a little turbulence. I'll let you know when, but we're going to, it's going to be good. That's what, I want a guy talking that way. You ain't got to tell me how humble you are. I'm not, I don't even deserve to fly this plane. Well, bless God, if you don't deserve to have, be married, don't be married. But if you're going to be married, run it by the book. And that book is very specific about how to have a family in a home. And if you do it that way, God said you're going to hit a home run every time. I didn't say without difficulty. I didn't say without disagreements. There's some of you, some of you, and, and it's true. Some ladies have this utopia. They, they have a dream world of a, what a marriage should be, and it's just not that way. And some men sometimes think the same way. It's just not that way. We're living in Hollywood-type 
scenario. And it's not that way. Reality is reality. She's her, and you're you, and they're the opposite, and sometimes the twain will never meet, and sometimes it's just going to be a little problematic. So what? Get over it. Suck it up. And you have to give and take. That's that submitting one to another. And when that happens, it just seems like it works well. And there's smooth sailing. And boy, I tell you, a man just can't wait to get home. And he can't wait to get with his wife. Can't wait to lean her over and put a lip lock on her. It'll curl her hair. Say amen right there. You know the Sips, the colored folk we got in our church. He owns a business downtown Chicago. He came to me. She came to me one time. She said, preacher. She said, tell Lewis to put one of them lip locks on me like you talk about to curl my hair. I said, Miss Sip, you already got curly hair. But anyway. But ain't nothing like it, brother, when you have a home that's just a haven of rest. It's fun, it's exciting, and you get to go home to it every time. It's your castle, fellas. Treat it like that. Be the king of the castle. And lady, be the queen. But make sure that you have to make sure that both are on the same page. And God will bless you for it in a marvelous way. A haven of rest. What a marvelous place to be able to cock back, prop your feet up, and say, I'm home. Now listen carefully. You know this, all of you that travel as much as I have every week of my life for 20, 38 years preaching somewhere. When I get on that plane or drive, whatever I'm doing, headed that way to the house. Y'all ever got one of those old rental horses when they're ready to go to the barn? When you point them toward the barn, brother, you better hold on because that dude's going, man, at a gallop. I just can't wait to get home. I've been to some of the most exotic places in the world preaching and sometimes hunting, and sometimes both. Beautiful places. And it's not a cliche. There ain't no place like home. And when it's right, you want to get there. Sure do. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.com. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.